random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, everyone. This is Jessica Felice, and I'm making a cosplay connection with Eddie Wilson here on The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Cosplay Connection. It's Eddie Wilson. Want to greet and welcome on the phone Jessica Felice. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I'm, stra- Hello, Eddie. I'm <laughs> starting straight off the Facebook page where it says professional cosplayer and film stage voiceover actress and award winning at that. So kudos to you for all that stuff going on. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we're talking about East Coast. We'll leave it at that. But for the record, we, you and I have not met in person. We are recent nope. Facebook friends. I'm going to say about five months time. And I think just uniqueness of what i saw some of the content the costuming of course as cosplays go but the other part that i was intrigued by being in radio myself is the voiceover part so what i think we should start off with perhaps is which came first and how did they start which came first the cosplay or the voiceover yes oh that's a good question probably the voiceover it's hard to say because i started off doing theater but then i Later, way after college, I was a late bloomer to film, and I then took a class for acting for the camera and fell in love with it. And then I kind of fell into voice work as well, because I started talking to somebody on set who did voice work, and I really wanted to get involved. I went to school at UMBC in Maryland, was a state school for theater, but occasionally they had classes, you know, and they intertwined some of the, the mediums of the arts there. But then after I graduated... I started looking up auditions, and and I saw a few things, and so I auditioned, and I ended up getting cast. I did commercials and industrials and that sort of thing. I've done a video game, which was really fun. If you're into voice work, I highly recommend doing those because they're they're just a lot of fun. I worked on just narration for stuff and businesses and voicemail and that sort of thing. I did a government industrial, which I can't really talk about, but (laughs) I did that. It's a lot of fun. My father was really big into voice and theater and media, kind of like you, I guess. I kind of got the love from him, so I had always kind of wanted to try it myself. And then as far as cosplay goes, I think, you know, the first character I think I can remember ever cosplaying, if you want to consider it, was when I was a kid. And I was at a Halloween party and I dressed as the Joker, but I did a gender bend as the Joker. <laughs> and then I used to be really big into the Rocky Horror scene. I'm not quite sure which came first because Rocky Horror I did all through college as well. So maybe cosplay, I guess, if you consider that. But professionally speaking, it would be I started off doing, I think, the voice work first. Yeah. So cosplay wise, I had started doing little characters and whatnot because I love playing dress up. I've never outgrown that. Used to do like the conventions and whatnot and traveled, and that was just a lot of fun. So, really, (laughs) before it ever became known as cosplay, that's what you were doing. I get it. Yeah, or before I knew what it was. Yeah, before I had a label for it. 
And when it came to Rocky Horror, was it just as being a Rocky Horror attendee, or did you emulate one of the actual characters from the film? Oh, yeah. I was Frankenfurter. I was Magenta. Those were probably my favorites. I also did Columbia. I did Janet. And once in a blue moon, I would do a female Rocky. <laughs> I used to go to conventions. I did live shows. I also did the play one time as Magenta, as a fill-in, Pennsylvania. I even performed one time on Fire Island. I had a friend who did Frankenfurter, and he was a professional drag queen. And he set up a full-on show that was sort of like the play combined with the movie war show cast type of thing, except it wasn't the movie. We did lines from the play. It was, it was crazy, but it was so much fun. And there was a ton of drag queens there, and it was a blast. I loved the energy that all of those people brought, and it was just so much fun. I love being around just really colorful, fun people. And cosplay is no different. I think you get a mix of just people from all walks of life. I've met some just beautiful, beautiful spirits. So between both of these uh, avenues in different junctures in your life, it came to be this is setting the foundation for where we're at now with you in respect to the voice work and so on. The enjoyment is there. You're not shy is what it sounds like. I am shy. <laughs> it's funny you say that. You stick a camera in front of me and, and put me on a stage with a script or, you know, something that that I have to work with and yay, cool. There's there's that energy. But then there's also me. When I'm me, I've never loved public speaking. I've never I've always been relatively shy. Painfully so. So perception is a very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it wasn't maybe where, like you said, you picked it up from your father. When, oh, yeah. When he found out or your parents found out, it wasn't maybe like, oh, no, you don't want to go into this. Do something else. Oh, no, I got that from certain families. <laughs> but my dad was always very, very encouraging. My mom is now as well. But my father, um, he passed away. But he was very, very encouraging. He was always one to... He was my first mentor, the first person that I would go through scripts and things with. And I would ask him for advice and notes and that sort of thing. So, yeah, you could say that. Well, that's all good stuff, and it's great memories to remember by and uh, continue on, as it were, in his footsteps. Thank you. Now, when it comes to the characters of cosplay, comic book in particular, how did that come into your life, whether it be through the movies or actual physical comic books, and what characters? Oh, wow. It's hard to say, because when I was about 10 years old, I do remember reading, like, Spider-Man and, and that sort of thing, but I was never fully, fully, fully into comics. I have some now been on the cover of a comic, which is really cool, but that came years later. Yeah, I think it started really with film and television and loving characters that I saw there, and it made me more curious about researching and finding out more about those characters. Because I'm an actor first, so I always look at the acting and is it a character that I can relate to? Is it a character that I would love to portray? Is it something that resonates within me? And that's kind of what I migrate towards. Because I've had a lot of people say, you should do this, you should do that. And I typically, unless it's something that is a commission or it's something that is super popular where it's just everybody knew that you have to get that out there because it just brings in some really great feedback and brings people to your page. I typically will go with what draws me, with what I feel connected with. Yeah, I think, honestly, the films and television characters are what initially drew me to want to try to emulate those characters because they're just so much fun. I feel half the time like I'm such a big kid because it's just such a fun way of paying homage to characters that 
you love, you know. So really then growing up with something like Saturday morning cartoons, whether it be the Super Friends or the 60s Marvel cartoon type things, that really wasn't a factor. No. I think the first one outside of Rocky later on what got me, it really kind of exploded during pandemic. But right before it, I had done just a few. And then it just kind of exploded because I was home and I was just, you know, I wanted to make use of my time. So I kept going with it. But before that, I had a fan slash friend, you know, tell me about a contest that happened several years. This is several years ago. There was a Vampirella contest. And I was not as familiar with Vampirella. You would be really good at Vampy. I was just like, who's Vampirella? Okay. So I looked it up and I started putting stuff together. I said, okay, why not? It's a challenge. So I started looking it up and I entered this contest online. And I ended up getting third place. And then I entered another one, and I got first place. And then a couple years went by. I applied, did some more photo shoots, and I kind of kept improving the character. I ended up getting on the cover of one of Dynamite Comics' Vampirella issues, which was uh, Vampirella versus Reanimator issue number two. I was really proud of that because it took me several years to try to do it. Because I mean, I had known a lot of people that had done it, but I didn't know how to go about it. Also, before that, I had done a few characters. I just started to kind of get hooked on and attached to putting them together. And it just kind of became almost an obsession (laughs) where if I liked something, I ultimately wanted to try to do it. What could I do that? Could I pull that off? And some I think I've pulled off better than others. There's some I would probably never return to. (laughs) (laughs) I also look for, you know, face shapes and hair colors and makeup and what I think would look good with my body type and things that I think would work for me. Now, I don't, while I don't judge other people, I'm not like that at all with other people. With myself, I can be very OCD, I guess, hard on myself when it comes to things. I'm very particular about what details there are, makeup, different things. Well, I get that. And we're going to jump into characters, of course, bounce back and forth and, and run through a list. Okay. I've seen I've seen a bunch Good. on your reels and okay. your pages and stuff like that. Vampirella, I don't remember being in there anywhere, so that's a surprise to myself. Oh, really? Yeah, very cool. Well, to, I to will see. say, if you look it up, they credited the wrong person. <laughs> so fortunately, they went back on issue number three and they put a little thing, you know, issue number two is Jessica Felice by Hex Photography or whatever the... So they fixed it in that one. I also did the trading cards. They did a 50th anniversary because Zamparella is past 50 now. Yeah. They had, you know, all kinds of beautiful cosplayers in the issue. And I was fortunate to be part of the mix. So I had uh, one that was the same as my cover. And then I had one that was in a dress version that I did. And I tried so hard to get on a cover for that one. Unfortunately, that one didn't make it. But they did put it in the 50th anniversary trading cards, which I, I was really honored to have that. You know, I think they always go with more traditional for the covers. But I thought it was so cool because it was a, you know, like this slinky dress version that had slits up the sides and was, to me, a very classy version of it. I'm working on um, a newer version as well. Well, you just thought to mind, I just thought of now, with respect to Vampirella, and we'll get off that character, I've recently seen, a instead of the red typical Vampirella costume, a white version, and I'm not sure of the significance. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure because it's been a while since I've looked at the comics. I saw a few of them after mine. I need to go back and catch up on some stuff. I have some things from Free Comic Book Day. (laughs) 
I've seen that. I've seen gold. I've seen black. I've seen different versions. I imagine they signify different characters that are in the comics. I'm only aware of certain issues and certain ones because I have a collection of graphic novels and I have artwork and I've got, because I, I did my research with that, but I don't know every single aspect of Vampirella. I'm a fan, but I know there's some people out there that are probably Uber. more diehard fans than me. I just really loved the aesthetic of the character, and I loved the fact that she was kind of one of the first badass female characters ever in comics, so I really wanted to try to emulate that. And yeah, she's sexy and this and that, but I love the fact of that empowerment of having a female empowered character. I think that's really cool, and in a lot of ways, I feel like she was ahead of the time. You know, which is that. somewhere like around, I think, yeah, 1969, thereabouts. Yeah, before my time, but... <laughs> yeah. With respect to the white versus the red, and I've really only seen it on a cover, that was a cosplay cover, so that's how, the, mm. how I know that version. That's very cool. Yeah, and by the way, I think I've seen also recently that Dynamite has made uh, more than in just your mistake more more recently, in fact, that, uh, you know, misnaming the person who was the cosplay cover person. Oh, really? I'm not downing dynamite by any means. Everyone that I've spoken from there has been so nice and just very generous. I just can't get uh, my head wrapped around the fact that there's so many variations of the covers, like 10 or 20 versions, and I just, oh, no. Oh, at least, yes. If you see some of the cards, the trading cards, you'll see a lot of the covers, and some of them are just so beautiful. There's just some really, really gorgeous covers. I mean, some of these models are absolutely exquisite. Let's transition um, to something else that I've seen yourself in a lot of, and that are different character videos through one medium in particular. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I discovered TikTok through some friends, and I don't do it all the time, but I try to record at least one to three times a month, and then I do a whole bunch of videos, and I spread them out all through the month. And I've made some friends through that. Just some really, really great people who are cosplayers and performers and just really, really great people. I really enjoy it. I, I've gotten a lot of really fun duets out of it and friends that I think are friends for life. It brings attention to some of the work that I do. Some of it's just kind of in jest and fun. And then there's other things that, you know, with like pinup looks. And I've also started doing voiceover on there where they have voiceover challenges and acting challenges because I, I wanted to kind of bring attention back to my, my other work, which is my main work normally. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. There's so much fun. Very time-consuming. That was a question. How much time to do these videos, each one? And Well, I typically will take an entire day where it's, and it's not just the videos. I'll get up, I do my morning routines, I do whatever, I get myself dressed, and I get ready for my photo shoot. And before the photo shoot, typically, is when I do, sometimes I break it up if it's a whole bunch of videos, like I did for the cowgirl shoot. <laughs> the TikTok videos, which usually take two hours, three hours, something like that. Then I do photo shoots, then I break sometimes, because a lot of times photo shoots come in two or three different looks or sets. Sometimes I'll have to shoot more videos in between. And then uh, usually by like 11 o'clock at night, it's usually a full day thing. I'll order a very late dinner, watch some TV, and then crash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very hard. 
because I have a lot of other things going on. I tend to do that, like I said, one to three times a month. So it's definitely time consuming. So I definitely give people credit who do this every day, all the time. It's just a lot of fun, though. I really enjoy it. That's the thing. If you're not enjoying it, then why why are you doing it right exactly? And the whole perception thing about doing it those selected number of times a month, but making it seem like you're doing it all the time because you know, you're know mm-hmm. you seeing something kind of almost daily, another posting, another video, and that stuff. I don't recall, maybe it's on a different outlet, not TikTok, that the video doesn't have your voice in it, whether it be with a song or something spoken. If it says acting challenge or voiceover challenge, then it's typically me. If not... It's a recorded soundbite that I find on TikTok, and then I save that soundbite, and then I go back and I record to that. Gotcha. So, and uh, it takes some time. It's a lot of fun. It's addictive as heck. <laughs> I, I believe it. Yes. And I was going to introduce the, the characters of your range from Batgirl to Cowgirl, who, which I think is really maybe not anything specific. It's a nondescript, just your generic, so to speak, but the Jessica yeah. Felice version of a cowgirl. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that actually was a request from my photographer. So that was something that I did completely out of my comfort zone. I've never done a cowgirl photo shoot in my life. Sometimes I get requests. Sometimes I can do them. Sometimes I can't. But because we've worked together so much, you know, we collaborated and he really wanted me to try this. So I did. And I wore some things that, like the necklace that um, a friend of mine I had made when I went to FairyCon years ago. I was a guest right before pandemic which was the last big con I ever went to. So much fun. But my friend Mindy made this beautiful, by Sapphire Art, made this beautiful necklace that I wore for the cowgirl, and I tried to tag her and everything. You should check out her work. Shout out to Mindy. I had a fan request. He commissioned the suit, but then I bought, I had boots made. I didn't care for the cowl or the the headpiece because it was an Amazon suit, you know, which was cool. I've constantly done things where I bought costumes and then you fix them up, you know, and then you make them authentic and you make them your own. So that's not something that's not uncommon. But I swapped out the wig and the head cowl and I had that made. And then I, because I'm not a seamstress by any means. <laughs> I've made some things, but I do not have the patience to sew on the machine. I'd probably throw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really good with makeup, but I'm not great with sewing. I can sew small things and do like crafts and that sort of thing. Then I researched and did what I could with that. I tried to make it as close to Yvonne Craig's character as possible, but I was not as familiar with her. There's other characters that I think I'm more connected with and familiar with, but that's how you get connected is sometimes you don't always have the characters that are the ones that you're completely drawn to. Sometimes you have to try new ones, and that was one of the cases where I did. The ones that I'm really connected with that I love, my favorites are probably like Ariel from The Little Mermaid or Maleficent. I'm a huge Disney nerd. (laughs) Like, I love Disney. So I do a lot of Disney. I do a lot of DC, Marvel. But then I also love, I absolutely love Netflix and TV shows and films and really whatever draws me. I know privately you asked me how many characters I've done. I honestly don't know. (laughs) It's so bad. I'd have to really sit down and count it out. I'm a big fan also of anti-heroes when it comes to acting. So there's a lot of that in some of the characters that I do in cosplay. 
the ones that are sort of a little misunderstood, even if they're protagonists, even if they're considered quote unquote villain, I like the ones that are sort of in between. That's why I tend to go towards the live action versions of some of those villain characters as opposed to cartoon ones that are so two dimensional black and white. You know what I mean? I like the ones that are a little bit more to them, I think, in my opinion. You know? Sure. No offense to anybody who loves the animation. There's some beautiful, beautiful cosplayers out there who do <laughs> the ones that are just a little bit misfit, misunderstood, broken off a little bit. I like that. I relate to those. Well, misunderstood, I went to one of your own namesake characters, but that's Jessica Rabbit, <laughs> in a sense. I love Jessica Rabbit. She's fun. <laughs> and I think maybe in terms of trying to get the number of characters, it might be just, again, a matter of looking at all the different pictures, the shoots, and saying, okay, it was that character, and put the name of that character down. How about this one and this one? And then you can get a sense but that's another, yeah, another right, you know. Right. I've done different versions of those characters, too, so would that count as well? Um, yeah. Like, I did pinup versions of Jessica Rabbit. I did, for Ariel, I probably did six different versions of Ariel. So it's like, do you count that, or is that one for all of them? Well, just like with Harley Quinn, you have so many versions, you can just start with that name and then yeah. go. Sub- Harley's another one. I love her. Yes. Oh, she's so much fun. And it's so funny because there are moments where she's absolutely, can I curse on here? A little bit, but we try okay. to keep it she's clean. that shit crazy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but there are moments where things that she says really make sense, and you can tell she's been hurt and she's been broken. And I relate to that. I think so many people do, which is why she's so appealing. Sure. It's not just some crazy person unless you look at it that way, where it's just a two-dimensional whatever. I tend to look at characters differently, at least, than the average person i think doing cosplay and not that they don't i'm sure there are people who do but i look at it through a character perspective a lot of the time and that's i think the actor in me and i think too with emulating that harley character well two things you of course get the big wide eyes the over smile like who knows what's going on up in that belfry of yours and instead of (laughs) you know bat crazy maybe we should start by being more character accurate and call it joker crazy and start a thing i don't know it's it's a bad joke Thank you. Well, I think it was uh, it was a Suicide Squad Harley Quinn that I think I first stumbled upon you, so to speak, in just you know scrolling, oh, cool. and it Thank came you. it came to be that way. And then, of course, seeing all those videos that come out. A lot of times, though, personally, I'm just seeing what the person is doing and not even hitting the audio just to see what's what. And then once in a while, I'll go back and do that because I might have somebody like my wife saying, "What are you watching?" Funny you brought up Harley though, and voiceover earlier. That's a character I would kill to voiceover. <laughs> I see what you did there. I, you, you know how you being being in, in radio and being in, I'm sure you had to have in your past at least sometime impersonate some characters in your life, and that's one of them for me. And I just absolutely love her. I think she's so cool. <laughs> she's so much fun. And then I channel grandparents because I, I she's got kind of a New York. I know she's from Gotham or whatever, but she. It's New York. Gotham is New York, in my mind. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it I is. agree. So she's got that kind of Brooklyn-y, edgy, hardcore New York City city girl in her, and she's dipsy and she's fun, but she's not stupid. One day I would love to do that, or Disney, or any of that. But Harley is definitely on my bucket list if I ever had the opportunity to do something like that. Oh. Continuing along with the characters, we have Wanda Scarlet Witch Maximoff. Wanda. I loved Wanda. I've only gotten to tackle her a couple of times, and I would love to try her again. 
misunderstood character, <laughs> you know, because she's been through a lot. She, you know, was almost killed and her family was parents or whatever. I don't know. There's something very appealing about her and also the magic aspect and the powers that she has. And she's kind of like a walking, ticking time bomb because she's a really good person at heart, but she's put in these situations, I think, that test her. And because of that, I think she doesn't always does things sometimes that I think maybe are not always the right choice. <laughs> she was a lot of fun to do. I would like to retry One Day WandaVision. That resonated even more with me than the film version of her. I really enjoyed WandaVision because you got to see more aspects of her personality and who she was. I've only done two versions of her, WandaVision and then Civil War. We have, of course, from Aquaman, the character of Mira. Mira. I had a lot of fun because she's kind of sexy and mysterious. She's kind of like the Wanda of the sea. I don't know. For me, she was more of a calm character. And I tend to like the characters that are a little bit more quirky. So for me, it was a little bit harder because you have to kind of maintain this energy and aura about you, I guess, for her. At least I didn't know as much about her other than really Aquaman. And then I was looking up old comic book things that I saw on Google, and I don't own any comics with Aquaman in it, so I had to kind of really just do my research. When I don't have something like that, what I do is I look up as many videos as I possibly can, and clips, and images, and artwork, and whatever I can find. I'll go to comic book stores, and I'll leaf through the books, but there's certain characters, like I said, that I feel like I know better than others, and then there's a few that I kind of just experimented and went with. But she was fun. I actually got to go to a children's hospital in the past as her, as well as Ariel and Dark Phoenix. It was fun, although there were people at the hospital that thought I was Ariel as uh, Mira, so that was interesting. Kind of went with it. I was like, oh, no, she's my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) You got to pick it. Did I I hear you right, though, Jessica? You said that with the children's hospital, another character was Dark Phoenix? Yes. It was more like a holiday show I went because they were just wanting people and some of the characters were taken that people had already been doing there. And I had it. So I did that for a children's hospital. I've gone maybe three or four times to a children's hospital and I'm really wanting to do that again. One of them I actually set up myself. That was really fun. It was for uh, chronic kids at a local hospital. We were there for about two hours and there was a birthday thing and it was during a Valentine's event that they had for these kids that were, you know, essentially stuck there until they got better. Mm -hmm. We focused on just kind of entertaining and hanging out with the kids and drawing and reading stories. And it was awesome. I want to do it again. That is terrific. If the opportunity would come for myself, being an occasional cosplayer, would absolutely positively love to do that. And I, I don't know who enjoyed it more, me or them. Yeah. They appreciate things so much. Well, there's one other DC character that I know you said quirky, but this would be the opposite. And I don't know how difficult it would have been. You just be in the straight up character is Supergirl. Oh, Supergirl. Yeah. She's a lot of fun. I'm a fan of her. When I was little, I saw the movie. And then I know like the TV show I'm a huge fan of. I essentially based my Supergirl off of the TV show version. Turning to the dark side now again, and the other side of comics would be, uh, I saw a hella goddess of death. Ah, <laughs> I am a huge, huge fan of Kate Blanchett since, like, Lord of the Rings. She's just an amazing actress. She's incredibly talented. 
sexy and smart and subtle. I love subtle acting. And when I saw it, I just fell absolutely in love with that character. So I had to do it. I've never done the version with the helmet. I had so much fun doing that. My best friend and I are, he's especially really into like Norse mythology. He does a version of Thor. So one day I want to do that with him. I think it would be really fun. I have two suits for her and there's different things about each suit that I like better than the other. Like one suit, the shoulders are cut out and the other suit is not. It's just like a fabric. Then there's one that has more 3D printing on it and the other one is not so much 3D printing. The other one, the cape looks better. And so it's like between the two suits, it's a good suit. <laughs> but that's just me being nitpicky. Now, the Hella Line and Thor and stuff, I had seen a picture, I think, of you as Darcy. I did. That was actually, I threw that together in two days because I wanted to do Darcy really badly. And I'm like, what do I have? What do I have? And so I ordered on Amazon, I think it was just a scarf and a hat. And I had a wig that I have not yet used for Wonder Woman because I really want to do a Gal Gadot version one day, but I don't have the full costume yet. And then I had my blue light glasses that I used for, you know, looking at my phone, the computer, and I popped the lenses out so it wouldn't reflect on the camera. And I borrowed a sweater from my mom <laughs> and just had street clothes on and post Darcy. <laughs> well, and the reaction I got for her was insane. It was absolutely insane. I had so much positive reaction for her and it blew my mind. Because I was just kind of throwing it together. I just thought it'd be fun. And I had a lot of people tell me they thought I looked like her. So I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. I mean, I think she's, Kat Dennings is really pretty. So I was just like, I'll take it. Cool. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> and in the sense, then that character of Darcy, seeing that as you as Darcy, and plus something and else that you said before, yeah. it leads me to thinking about Scooby-Doo and Velma, for example. I've never done Velma, but one day... I might want to. I've done Daphne, if that's who you're thinking of. There we go. Okay. Um, another one, I threw her together fairly quickly, minus the shoes, because that was a beast to get. But it was just a spirit Halloween costume and a wig from Amazon. <laughs> and one of the easier cosplays that I think I've done. And the responses were crazy. It's really interesting to see the responses you get sometimes. I mean, I've had times where I've worked on a costume for up to two years for something, and it varies in response, you know, and then you get something like Darcy where it's in two days, and it's pretty popular. You never know how people will react. Right, and I should have made that easy transition from Darcy to Daphne. I mean, you know, it's, it's, my, it's my bad. Zoinks! I saw the Pennywise character. It must have been, of course, a gender bend. Yeah, I did a gender bend version that was more of a pin-up-y version. I did two separate versions for her, we'll say. But if Pennywise was a girl and had a little bit more staff to her, I think, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. kind of how I approached it. The makeup was tough because of the symmetry, I think. There's a couple characters I've done makeup-wise that are really hard because they have to be very symmetrical in the drawings and uh, the lines for Pennywise. It was fun. I actually shot part of that at an abandoned asylum that they're tearing down. It's condemned. We got permission for it, and we went in and, and shot, you know, there for like 30 minutes or so. And then I, of course, shot at like a playground, different places, and then at studio where I got to have a whole bunch of balloons and different things. And, and it was really fun. And the response that I, again, because I do so many different versions of cosplay, and it's not just one particular genre, 
it's really fascinating, whether it's modeling or cosplay, to see who likes what and what people are drawn to. And then some of the duets and things that I get from friends who are into those genres. I'm a big fan of Stephen King, and I loved paying an homage to a character of his because I hadn't really done anything with his characters before, and I really, really wanted to. I'm actually going to be doing another horror character, so I'm pretty excited. (laughs) Are we keeping that under wraps? Yeah, until I can release it, yeah. I think I saw Spider-MJ, if I got it right, Spider-Mary Jane. Yes, I've done the regular MJ, I guess, with the Spidey shirt on, the stereotypical, you know, Spider-Man half shirt that she wears. And then I do um, Spider-Woman or um, (laughs) Spider-MJ, depending on how you look at her. And she's a lot of fun. I got to open a toy store last year as her, which was really fun. She's literally the only one that I've done that I use my own hair for. So the redhead in that picture was me (laughs) as my hair. Good to know. I think you mentioned something about, before we set this up to do the recording, something with Black Widow? Oh, yeah. I've only done her a couple of times, but I really enjoyed what I did. I've done Civil War, and then I did kind of a pin version of her. She's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It's funny because I couldn't find the right wigs that I wanted for Civil War, so I kind of made a mashup of the character's outfit. My costume was from Pro Cosplay, and it was a Civil War costume, but I kind of turned it into the original first Avengers film look because I couldn't find a wig that I liked, so I altered it. I added the patches that she has for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on there, and so the wigs that I used, I cut myself, which I was really proud of (laughs) because I layered it. It took me hours to do, so I may not do everything with my hair and the costumes, but there are some things that I've done that I'm pretty proud of. But yeah, she's fun. She's kind of a badass. (laughs) No, there's no kind of about it. She is. You don't want to cross her up. Uh, Yeah, and I really, really wanted to tackle the newer version of it from the Black Widow film, but I haven't had the opportunity yet. You get used to seeing certain cosplayers do stuff, and I tend to change it up. So I like to keep people on their toes. Yep. Just like as, as in acting and doing you know, those kind of roles, cosplay is no different. It's the character, and I don't like to become static in any way. I like to bring on the element of surprise. I like people going, oh, wait, you just did, oh. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. Well, that reminded me of the last character I'm going to ask you about, and that's a what I think is a Darth Maul-type vibe I got from some Star Wars character you got. Again, another original character that I did that I threw together in, like, two days. <laughs> that was for May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yep. I wanted to do a Star Wars costume, and I do have a Ray, but she's in storage, so and it's kind of a pain to get all of that out. So I was like, what can I do? What can I do quick? And so I threw together makeup, again, a symmetrical look, kind of like Pennywise. It was very interesting makeup. I did not have any tutorials or anything for that, which sometimes I follow tutorials, and then I usually will change things up because I have a huge fascination for makeup. And this one was no different. I actually used stickers that I had, moon stickers that I had, and I put them on my face, and I painted over them, and I kind of made it. I looked at every possible version of this and tribal images, belly dance images, things like that, that I thought would look really cool and unique and kind of dark and sexy and fantasy looking. And I went with that. So I, and then of course, red and black are big and purple a lot of times are big fifth colors. So I kind of went 
in that direction and just found stuff. And I got a, a very small, cute little lightsaber from Amazon and it connected. So I could do either two lightsabers or one. And it wasn't as good quality as some of the lightsabers that you have, but it was cool and it definitely did the job, I think. And it was a lot of fun. And of course, my photographer is a miracle worker and he made it look even more authentic, you know, because he's incredible with graphics. It was just a lot of fun to do her. And again, out of my comfort zone. So some of the ones that you've mentioned were more out of my comfort zone because I had never tried them before. The Disney princesses and those kind of things were a little bit more my speed, but I've been trying to kind of step myself outside of the box and take risks and just try new things. With respect to, and I think I've seen this mostly in the videos, just by virtue of naming the actual characters, I've seen you do some split screen or team ups. Who is it that you've been paired with? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, well, I mean, I've duetted quite a few people. Some people I don't know as well. Then I have some regulars like Man of Blue Steel. He's amazing. My friend Charlie, he, he works at the Ren Fair. He's from, I think, North Carolina, and he does a lot of piratey type characters and that sort of thing. I have friends who do princesses, a lot of friends who are in the Disney fandom who really thrive and focus mostly on that. I have friends in like the Harry Potter world and people who do film characters and theater things like Broadway characters, Wicked, that kind of thing. And it's just really fun to just put variety to it. I try not to do the same thing all the time, which I hope is evident. And I try to kind of break it down and I try to get a big variety for myself, but also with the people that I duet with. Um, Roleplay Riot is another one. He's hilarious. Oh my God, if you get a chance, you should check out his stuff. And he's very bold in what he does. He's got a very matter-of-fact way of talking to people, but he's very classy and very kind. I just like being around other people who have that same energy. My friends that I tend to, if I do duet with people more than once or more often, those people I typically migrate towards not only as cosplayers and as performers, but as friends. And it just means I have a lot of fun doing these little videos with them and just kind of bringing some kind of semblance of joy to people, whether it's just to give a good laugh and make fun of whatever, or just for entertainment purposes. It's just a lot of fun. I tend to stay away from religion and politics and all of that. I keep it fairly light and fun and keep the entertainment going and keep people smiling because in today's world, we've got so much hardship and so much crazy in our world that we need that, I think. I hear you. I agree with that thinking. One other thing you mentioned on your resume was the modeling part of it. And where has that taken you into what range of modeling have you done? Typically, I've done alternative modeling, whether for gothic magazines, like gothic culture magazine, obviously cosplay modeling, Cosplay Society magazine, there's there's other ones. Whatever I'm drawn to, I tend to kind of go towards that pinup. I love pinup modeling. Things that have a little bit of class but character to them. This year I kind of tackled some things that were more period piece. Earlier in the year I did something from Penny Dreadful, which is Victorian times. I absolutely love that. I love pinup from the forties. I did some things stuff from the twenties, like a flapper. I like things that are colorful and add some character. But then there's also sometimes, you know, you get commissions and people pay to do certain shoots. So I try to go along with what I'm able to that's requested and commissioned and 
and I sometimes do things for fun, whether it's the cosplay or whatnot. I tend to kind of try to make a mix of it. And I think when we talked about pinup earlier, I don't think I mentioned Vargas. Vargas. Vargas, I remember being on at least one album, the second album by, if you're familiar with the group, The Cars. Okay. It was a sketch mm-hmm. drawing by a woman on the front of, I think it was a Corvette on their second album titled Candio. And that's what comes to my mind is Vargas. And again, something that's yeah. classy, but makes a statement, you know. Yes. Yes. I don't have a problem with sexy. I think that's fine. I always try to keep it classy. I don't judge other people because I think everybody's entitled to do what they want or they're drawn to whatever, they buy whatever. People are drawn artist objectives. But for me, like, I didn't even know what to expect when I did this cowgirl thing because <laughs> I was just like, oh, people are going to make fun of me. And then I saw people actually liked it. I was like, oh, okay. So it was surprising. But I always try to keep things classy, whether it's got a little sex appeal, a little bit of mischief or whatever, but there's always some kind of fashion class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've done quite a bit of alternative modeling, which I really love, with like the gothic kind of looks. And I would like to do more because that's something that's kind of near and dear to me. It's just fun. It's colorful and fun and dark and sexy. It just really depends. It's weird because I feel like I don't necessarily belong in one specific, I don't know, box. You know what I mean? Yeah, one like, area. One, yeah. So many people who I think do one specific thing or they do this and that's all they do. And I feel like, I don't know, I want to do so many different looks and so many different characters and so much to do, so little time. You know, <laughs> I feel like I'm always wanting to because I get bored. That's a good thing. It can seem to be like, okay, what haven't I done? What would I like to do? Or no, don't even bother giving me that. Yeah, exactly. So is there one, this is again putting you on the spot, and I'm sorry, we've covered a lot of ground, I think. What would be a singular best or worst thing about what you've found in your cosplaying experience, other than the time commitment, let's say? I would say the best thing is probably the friendships that I've made and being able to dive into characters that I never thought I would do. What I don't like sometimes is how I don't like talking about negative things. I try to stay away from that. I'm not one of those people that brings that on their page or brings that on social media. But I don't like how catty sometimes people can be and how sometimes certain people feel like they own their roles and nobody else has the right to do it or they judge other people because everybody's got a different level of things that they start with and a little level of experiences, level of talents that they utilize or, or gifts that they, or, you know, education or whatever things that they've learned. I think sometimes people can be very hard on each other. Sometimes there can be a little bit of a snobbery when it comes to some people. And I, I don't like being treated that way, so I don't like to treat people that way. I try to treat people the way I want to be treated. I think it's an art, and again, as I said earlier, art is subjective, so I feel like, I don't know. No, I, um, I get the sentiment. I get the feeling. I totally understand that. I'm thinking, even on a tangent now from what you're telling me, is that maybe one day, with it being an art form, an expression, yeah. that one day we'll have a cosplay art gallery of some kind or whatever, and that just be a thing of the next... Uh, generation maybe or something or maybe sooner i don't know yeah but i mean i find that honestly with anything in the art that i've been involved in i used to do stage magic and there was some of that there and i never understood it there's been a lot of times where i've kept myself because i don't like 
being around that kind of energy. I like being positive. I like being around people who are supportive and kind and encouraging. Whatever you do in the arts, whether it's acting, singing, dancing, cosplay, artists, there's a lot of that sometimes. And there can be some really negative aspects and some really beautiful positive aspects of being in the arts. That makes sense. Well said. I fully believe that. And getting to a wrap up really soon here. We've talked a lot. With other characters, now let's just going to segue over to the voice work. What other type of, and I'm not asking for examples, of characters have you have you found yourself, you know, having to do what kind of scripts and maybe even what uh, kind of things, resources you need to to do this voice stuff, whether it be equipment or you know, the audition part of it, locations, are you doing stuff from home, you know, all that stuff. Well, I am friends with somebody who is a sound person, and so I sort of technically challenged. <laughs> I'm not very technical is what I was going to say. So we work together. If I know I have an audition or if I know I have something I need to record, I set time in advance. I look for auditions on professional sites. Honestly, a lot of times, some of the best jobs that I've had, though, were word of mouth, which is crazy because I've applied to so many different things on backstage, and there's a few things you see on IMDb, on Pro, and whatnot. As far as research and all of that goes, I mean, it depends on the project that I'm doing. But yeah, whenever I'm doing any kind of audition, whether it's voiceover or film or in the past theater, I always try to do as much research as I can with the given information that's given to me and keep it as professional as I possibly can. And I'm a big fan of voices and experimenting with sounds and levels in the voice and characters and accents and all of it. It's really fun, but it is a lot of work to do voice. And, you know, you have to have the continuity just like you do with film. But what was the, would you say, is the range of different types of voices that you've had to do, whether it be for something that was, that saw through to fruition or that you had to make believe you were a talking onion or something? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I've had to do something for a security commercial where I was ditzy, which again kind of goes into that Harley voice. And I did. I used a New Yorkie Harley voice. I've done a video game with a company called Big Fish Games, and it was for a game called The Devil's Triangle, and it was a hidden expedition game. So I got to do narration in the beginning for that. So that was kind of fun. There were commercials I did for furniture-type places and computers and that kind of thing. I've done voiceover for film where I was narrating things in the beginning. I've done voice work for magic shows where I was the opening, welcome to blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. A couple years ago, I did a a short story called Red Brew, which was a kind of a short story take on Alice in Wonderland, but it was dark, I mean, darker than normal, and it had a vampiric tone to it. Uh, That's on my website. I also was in a fan film called Black Widow Forever Red, which was based on the Black Widow universe, and I was one of the villains, Mary, and I played a schizophrenic character that had three personalities. (laughs) That was really fun, and I really hope to do it again. They've won all sorts of awards. It's the first time I was ever in a project. I've been in projects that were award-winning for film, however, not for voiceover until last year, where we won Best Cast at the Toronto Geek Fest. And the people cast in that were from all over the world. Some of them, English was not their first language. The director, it was a stop-motion film. And the director who did it, Mario Duran Arajo, Arajo, creator, and he does stop-motion. So it's really cool. Kind of like Robot Chicken, 
like toys that are in the Black Widow and Marvel universe. And I know it took him years to do. And he's done a whole bunch of them. And they're brilliantly done. But the cast is from all over. I mean, there's people from New Zealand and Australia and England and here and Mexico because he's from Mexico. So it's really cool. And then I did a, a dark kind of adult cartoon that was kind of bizarre and out there. But I don't think that ever got off the ground, unfortunately. I try to challenge myself with a variety of projects. I hope to do more because it's my love. That's my first love, always. Cosplay comes close. <laughs> it's in there. But it also is a way for me to kind of get some of that energy out, especially if I'm not working on a set or doing something like that. It gives me a chance to still kind of explore these characters and just have fun with, you know, roles maybe that I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to play had I not been doing the cosplay. But with voice work, it's cool because you're not tied down to your physicality. People don't assume things about you, just like they do with film and theater, where, you know, you're judged by your looks. With voice work, if you're capable of doing multiple things, then you just do it. And, you know, where you're from, if you can tackle the role, then you can do it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, too, the it probably goes without saying that the voice work, more so, much more so than the cosplay, would help pay the bills. Yeah. And yeah. with consistency also. Yeah. With cosplay, for me to keep me sane, because I just really enjoyed doing it, the characters, but then the pinup stuff can pay some bills, too. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and then the voice work and, and having fun with it. It's all about that for me. Jessica Felice making a cosplay connection, and what a wonderful, lots of stuff. Thank you again for your time, and we wish you a lot oh, more so success. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Last question now, where can people find you? On, <laughs> where can people find you on social media? Okay, on Instagram, I'm Jessica underscore Felice, as well as on TikTok, I'm Jessica underscore Felice. That's the same. And then I am on Twitter as KittenBTV. I don't use Twitter as much, but I do use it. And that's K-I-T-T-E-N-D as a dog TV. On Facebook, I have Two public pages. One is actress forward slash cosplayer Jessica Felice. That is www.facebook.com Jessica Felice official. And then actress Jessica Felice. I also have a website and that is www.actressjessicafelice and that's F-E-L-I-C-E dot com. So actressjessicafelice.com. A lot of stuff. Again, Jessica Felice, thanks for making this Cosplay Connection. We do appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you.